in three, two, one. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Stone Mountain 64. This is the Fireside Gaming Podcast. It is currently May 24th, 2019. And uh, there was quite a lot that happened the last two weeks. I wasn't here for the last week. Trying to do these at least three times a month so far. It's been so good. But there's been a ton of stuff that happens. So let's just jump into it. One of the biggest things that I saw quite a few questions about this even when I was live this week was Tfue is suing FaZe? Literally, people were talking about it in my chat and I was like, what do you, what do you mean? Get out of here. He, he's a part of it. What do you... What do you mean this is happening? And I didn't even believe it, but stuff's been unfolding over the last few days. Um, and it's been kind of crazy. If you don't know, Tfue is a professional Fortnite player. He uh, is one of the biggest streamers in the world, especially for Fortnite, but that's pretty much the biggest game. So he's one of the, the, the kings out there. And FaZe actually was the first clan that picked him up. I think he had a few... 100 followers at the or people watching concurrently at, at the time when he was uh streaming and then face picked him up and banks who's the owner of phase and founder of it i mean he he did a lot for him starting out on it and he ended up blowing up obviously a lot of that was actually due to his skill too because he was on the tournaments he would win these tournaments that were giant at the time and it just absolutely blew up the original contract that he was given with FaZe, this clan, that's basically like an organization. They up, up, upload content. They have professional esports teams for a variety of competitive games, one of them being Fortnite. And uh, his original contract was crazy bad for him. Apparently, this was with, like, old legal team that was in place, too. So, like, they set up this contract for him where basically, you know, people were saying, oh, maybe uh, they were saying that, oh, he's taking... They're taking his YouTube income. They're taking his Twitch income. They're taking all these incomes. The biggest thing was the they, there were some areas where he did have a split, like uh, with tournament winnings. Where from the contract that we saw, FaZe did release. From what I've latest seen, at least they did have like a contract in place where twenty percent of the earnings were kept by the organization for tournaments. But the and I don't think that's that crazy. But the bigger thing is really the biggest thing is that. 80% of his brand deals that he would bring were actually kept by the organization. That was like the biggest thing, and that's pretty absurd. Um, if any agency were to bring you something, typically it's it's within 10 to 20%. That's what I've experienced. That's insane to be taking that much. And obviously it was an initial contract that was put in place because he wasn't tested. Like It was just like, hey, here's a first contract. Even still, that was crazy, and I think the bigger issue is now FaZe's or Tifu's suing FaZe. Um, one of the things being that this whole thing is completely unregulated. They're not technically an agency, um, and they're acting like an agent, and they're and you know it gets a little convoluted there as well. But like he can't do deals with anybody else, and so it's been a huge, huge issue, and it's something that. I said this was created by a previous legal team for FaZe. Well, that was soon replaced, and then they started to try and renegotiate the contract. The bigger thing is that Tifu never responded or actually agreed to any new contracts. So this whole time, this has been happening for like almost a year, I guess. 
he's literally they've been trying to change the contract and get something that's actually I guess a more proper contract um but he's not doing it and it seems like he just went to a lawyer now for this back half of it and he just wants to leave the organization completely um which is like you know he, at this point he is pretty much bigger than I, I, he's one man with an audience bigger than, or I would say even the same size. I don't even know the relative size, but an audience as big as face with just this one guy. They both benefited a lot from the the relationship, but um, I think, I mean, my guess of it is that he just didn't want to uh, renegotiate and figure anything out because things were going so well, and this was a way to get out because the contract wasn't like. I'm sure his attorney is looking at it like, oh, we can, you can get out of this contract, and that's what's happening. Now he's going to be a uh, free agent, and you know how long is he going to be able to get these insane contracts? Who knows? Um, and I, I'm guessing that it's just kind of like he, he's doing insane right now. He can get gigantic brand deals, millions of dollars of brand deals at, easily. He's he's such a big uh, creator, such a big name in the space that it's like, just get out of it, just do it on his own. That's that's my kind of take on the whole thing. That's what it seems like to me from everything that I've uh, seen with all of this stuff going on. And it sucks for, you know, FaZe because they helped kind of bring him up. They invested a lot into him, and he wants to just bail on uh, bail on it and do it his do his own thing with it. And I mean, it's definitely I, I don't. I don't know if it was a typo with uh, the thing. I've heard people say that. I, I'm not completely certain on how it all went down, but or if it was something that was super on purpose, where they're taking eighty percent of any brand deals that get brought. He could he could bring in a million dollar contract, probably much bigger than that. If it was something that was even for a few years contract from a brand or something that he might not be able to take because he is with Phase and Phase might have some type of other thing going on with it plus you would have to potentially give up that much the biggest thing to this is like you know they haven't taken any of the money from him but they could in the future and that's where it's like he can get out he can get out of it so i think he's just trying to make the most of it at this point so that's kind of my take on it that's how i've been seeing a lot of it um it's pretty insane and the biggest takeaway i think that you can kind of learn from it is uh and i know i've experienced a lot of stuff with contracts over the years as well is like it is so important to have some type of some type of professional actually looking over these things so you know what you're getting into with the contract because once you sign it like you're you're in on it i mean if he wasn't tfu he wouldn't be out if it wasn't if he wasn't as big as he is he wouldn't be able to just get out of it like that um you know you're going to be locked into whatever it is or he might not even have the funding to afford whatever attorney he's going to need to go through all these things like i think the scale of this is what's helping him get out of it but uh i think and i think that's part of it too is i know they part of it too is like he is trying to advocate at least the lawsuit it seems because he's suing them it seems like it's more of the direction of like he wants it to be something where he's gonna help this be a way for the entire thing to help other people get out of it if they need to and uh, it's it's just not very well regulated, I guess, is the big thing. But it's hard because figuring these contracts out is an absolute mess. And in streaming and content creation, it's like, 
I didn't know anything the first contracts that I was signing. I don't think it, I don't think anybody knows what the hell they're doing. Like I, t- I remember I just like everybody else probably would just talk to their dad and be like, "Hey, is this should we be should we is this sound good? You know, or should we work like all this is a bunch of legal stuff I don't completely understand. It's like yeah, you should probably ha- you should have you should have a professional look at it. It's it can get messy, dude. It can get messy. And I think that's what this is bringing everything to light here. So it seems like there's going to be some pretty big shifts over the next... I there, This could lead to some pretty big shifts in the next few months. We'll see. And what's even more interesting I just saw today is uh, Nick Merckx, who's another really big Fortnite player. He just left uh, 100 Thieves, which is another... Similar to Phase's one organization. They've got their own professional teams for everything. 100 Thieves has their own organization. It was created by Nadeshot, who is a professional Call of Duty player and uh, part of Optic, which is another organization. He made his own organization. So it's like, it's... But he left it, and it was just like, all right, we're, uh, you know, we're sad to see you go, but there you go. And I think that was part of that was probably his contract was just up with them, and he left. And that's how you would, I guess, normally leave an organization versus trying to blow... or trying to but blowing everything up crazy like that it's kind of crazy and you know banks's response is what made it even bigger per se but this is just going to get crazier i think this is just the beginning of all this stuff because this is it's these teams are getting bigger the streaming space the content creation space all of this is getting bigger it's like oh how could it get any bigger than it's at right now but there's barely anybody who is actually following and doing all this stuff relative to the size of what is it could get to. I think this is all just so early on still. Um but yeah, I've never I've never been a part of a specific organization to play for them. I was a part of Fnatic for uh, a while in terms of the their gear sponsorship and that was awesome. It was a great organization I had pleasure of working with. Um but I've never been like he was phase Tfue. I've never been name phase or whatever Stone Mountain. I've always just built my own thing. And um I think that's where he's trying to go off to now as well as like having your own independent brand. You don't need to have any approvals from anything else. You make all your own decisions. And it's a great spot to be in. It's a great spot to be in. Uh and he's got the support of his community, so you know, he can do it now. The other huge thing that was going on this last week uh, was WoW Classic. I don't know if you guys have seen this at all, but it was about last week. I was trying to say he wanted to try CA. Uh, he wanted to try the C- the California case law for the esports league being considered a talent agency. Yeah, there's that. That's that's a big part of it, Taylor. Is that it was the um, the agency part of it, and that's where that's where it's like. It seems like, based on what his attorney's saying and the lawsuit that's in place and what people seem to be saying about it, because I don't know what the laws actually are and everything, but, you know, it seems like he has a case to get out of the contract here, which is why I think they're also just letting it go. Um, That's, uh, I mean, I think that's, too, why he never renegotiated the contract to basically make it a tighter contract to make it something that's better that he couldn't leave. So that's why this I think this is gonna have bigger ramifications of that. But WoW Classic, this came out um last week in beta. This is not the full release. I saw some people confused about that. 
This is not the full release of the game. This is just the beta. So the full release is going to be August 27th, I believe it is. And it's it's going to be a huge nostalgia trip. This is like the thing that I've seen from so many people. And I, I don't remember who I heard this from, but they were saying like, people are getting, they're getting like, uh, I don't know, attack. I don't know if attacking it is the right word, but being like, they're, they're telling people like, oh, you're not going to enjoy it. It's just nostalgia. You're not going to like it. Um, whereas it's like, you know, if you tell somebody, I'm going to go back and play the old Ocarina of Time or something, it's like, yeah, yeah, go do you. Have fun with it. I don't know. Uh, I, I've seen people get, I've never experienced that other side of it because I don't go back to that many games in general. But I will say I've been talking about some wild classic and a lot of people are saying, oh, it's just nostalgia. I think that's definitely part of it. Uh, that's some of like, at least for me, I played Wild Classic. I've talked about it before. It was such a, is such a not even Wild Classic, but like the next generations after that too. It's such a fun game. It was so deep. There's so much to do. It was it was great. And I'm typically like when COD Four Classic came out or remastered came out. Um, I never really, I didn't really care. I didn't really get back into it. But I know a lot of people that did. I think this is quite different from that. I mean, in a lot of senses, it's a completely different game. But how deep this game is with the amount of content is is going to be pretty interesting. It's definitely not the same game as what it is today. Uh, we did try to play Battle for Azeroth BFA, the most recent WoW uh, expansion that came out when it dropped. I played through the first raid. I had a ton of fun with it. It was good. But uh, it was actually a similar thing that Destiny and a lot of these other games are doing where, okay, it's been a few months. Now all the stuff that you did is irrelevant. Here's the next raid. And um, all your gear is, is garbage now. Keep going to the next thing. And then you kind of just can skip ahead to that thing. And that's where I, I don't even know how this, is, how this one's going to go because you might be able to do something similar, not even have to do some of the earlier raids so you can go to the next ones if you have a team that's good enough especially with how big the size of these are going to be but it's going to be a pretty expansive game on it and the other thing is that there was uh actually let me look at i think there's a graph of how many players wow has wow player base count over time i saw like i think the peak was in the third expansion If I'm not mistaken, uh, this one doesn't go back far enough. Mm. But think about WoW Classic. Burning Crusade, I think, was bigger. I'm I'm pretty sure. Because I did see the chart. But there's been so many millions and millions and millions of players and people that never played. I think the highest peak, if I'm remembering correctly, was about 10 million people that played WoW at the peak. Um, 10 or 15 people. And there's going to be a lot of people that never played Classic that will also want to just see what it's about, want to explore it. So I, this is like a... This is a super unique point of a throwback game that I don't think we've ever seen anything like this. So any predictions on how this is going to go, I think are completely out the window. How this is going to play, 
Are people going to like it? Are they going to play it for more than a month? I mean, I I think they will. Person, if you're asking for my take on it, I would say yes. I think this is going to be huge. I think people are going to play it. I think that uh, after that, something that the developers have said is if there's enough demand, then this is going to be something where they also consider continuing it in whatever means that the community wants to. And it was basically, I was listening to the interview with the developers. They're saying that like, you know, if they, if we want to go down the, if the community wants to go down the route of Gurubashi arenas and like having people go into some more PVP or rating or whatever it is, they're willing to consider expanding or going past that. At this point, the thing's not even out. It's not even really worth, I, I think, a discussion on where it's going to go after the launch of the game and the WoW Classic. But to me, it's like uh, there's not there's never been anything like this. Ten to eleven million was the was the most. And there's so many things that are just going to be so much more bare bones to what what everybody always loved about WoW. Uh, that there's going to be there's going to be a lot there's going to be a lot of interest in it. The thing is, too, I think a lot of the people that did play it are probably not going to have the time to play it of what they used to. So that's why as well, and that's what it came across in the interview that I was listening to as well, is like they don't want this to be something that is rushed. There's a really big mentality with a lot of these games now that are RPG style or MMORPG style games like Division 2, um, like Destiny, that are you got to rush to be the first to, uh, or you know you got to rush to get all this stuff done, get all your gear ready so that you can do the raid and do. They want it to be, you know, a more classic experience, which might help for the people that are just gonna play it more casually. Um, but yeah, I initially played a rogue for most of my raiding days in World of Warcraft. I think I'm going to be playing a mage this time. I was talking with Acolyte about it, who we will most likely, my buddy, who we most likely will be playing this with. He seems super into it. He doesn't know exactly what he's going to play. We only talked about it at the end of yesterday's stream in terms of what we're going to be, uh, what we're going to be doing for the guild. We do want to create our own guild or be a part of a guild. How we're going to do that, I saw some of the questions in the... Um, chat as well as on the post that I did prior to this was are you going to have a guild for the community I I think a way we might want to do it is like have a couple of us together me Aculite Tom maybe a couple other guys and that's our guild we let in some people that are really dedicated to doing it from the community I that's how we form it I have no idea if that's what he, I haven't talked to him about it yet, so maybe even next week we'll have more uh, clarity on that. Uh, but it's also still wilds out; it's not till August, so it's gonna not gonna be that crazy. And it's something that, like, dude, I'm so I'm so excited to be able to go back and uh, play it, see it. I've been watching a lot of it lately just to see, like, how has it been? What are people thinking about it? 
I've been following, uh, there's a couple, because I've been thinking about playing mage, so, like, there's a couple just specifically mages that I've been looking for, of people that know, that I've been playing while, that know mages, that that's what I've been looking into. Uh, the biggest difference for me is that there, when we were playing WoW back in the day, we didn't have any of this. We didn't have anybody to learn from like i would google stuff i we had like wow there's a couple wikipedia type sites or like people that put some stuff together nothing even close to the level of content that there is on games now in terms of like here's how you can do stuff here's how here's how you beat these bosses here's the strategy here's a video on how you can the resources that are available now and and the people creating content around it is I think is going to make it so much more fun even to me. Like that's what I love all this stuff. So I think it's just going to make it that much more fun. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited. I'm still going to keep up with all my regular content. I'm going to have, uh, you know, I'm going to balance out. We'll still do some regular, uh, you know, more classic multiplayer stuff, but I am going to incorporate it at least for my streams. I'm going to incorporate some mild classic I don't know how I'll be able to make videos out of it or if I will or what that's going to look like. But it will be somewhat part of my content. Because like, even if I wasn't streaming or doing any of this, I would want to go back and play it. I'd want, I would want to. It's not going to be for everybody. And I'm, I'm totally cool with that. Um, but I'm just, I'm just excited for it. Leroy! Jenkins. Oh, yeah. Leroy's in the chat. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, I also had a bunch of questions from you guys. Those were like, those were the super big things in terms of the content. We've been playing some more PUBG lately, playing Apex a lot of the... We continued on with the Borderlands playthrough. That's been awesome. I feel like... I don't remember if I said this in the podcast last time or if I just talked about this on stream... So I'll just say it again, but I feel like Borderlands is a game that I wish that I had played when it was initially out. I feel like it would have been so, so good. I think a lot of these mechanics have been well replicated by other games, but the playthrough of it has been fun. The characters have been dope. Like, uh, it's got me, it, it looks cool. That's another one that I think is going to be a lot of fun to play. Uh, Borderlands 3 now, once it does come out. At least now I have an idea of where it all comes from. Um, and I'm kind of, it's made me more excited for Borderlands 3. I was really on the fence with that game before. Just not even like if I'm going to like it or not per se, but just I didn't know because I'd never played it. Um, But I see where it is and I, you know, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by it. I, I, I'm pretty uh, interested for it. But definitely, I'd say personally at least, I'm a little more, a little more WoW classic, you know. Uh, anyways, I had some questions for you guys. I want to say the first thing with the questions was there was a lot of repeat questions. So I recommend going back, listening to some of the older podcasts, especially for like aiming. We get a lot of questions on that a lot. Uh, we had a great podcast episode with Acolyte even where we talked about some of that stuff. Um, but listen back, even if you just skip ahead to the Q&A portion, which is like the back half of the podcast, I think you'd really like it. Next, plus we didn't do one last week, so might have fallen off a little bit. But hey, next week, come with some questions. Hells yeah. 
Justina L asked, uh, how do I stay on top of everything? And I actually, I wanted to talk about this because I actually changed what I've been doing a little bit recently. Before I was spending a lot of my time, um, well, I've always done a lot of different things to manage my time. The biggest thing is I just sacrifice everything else, I guess, <laughs> uh, to, to get it done. But outside of that, to try and actually not miss doing stuff, because that does happen. And the thing is, like, I feel like this is the problem with me, too, when I'm looting stuff. It's like I just have so much stuff going on in my head that I always end up forgetting to forgetting stuff. Like, I just always forget stuff. I'm terrible with it. So my biggest thing, I always make lists. Like, I just need to write stuff down. I need to make lists. Same thing with when I think of ideas. If, like, I can't sleep at night because my mind's racing, I just write everything down. Like, that is that is my go-to. And I don't often, sometimes I don't even look back at it, or sometimes I'll look back at it a month later. But, okay, so I've been spending a lot of my time putting lists, bullet points together of just like, okay, this is what I need to do, then I don't do it. <laughs> Crack, Steven says. Yeah, that's, there you go. That's the secret. That's the end of the podcast. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Um, no, but I've switched. I was actually, I don't, I don't even remember what I was listening to, but he was saying... You know, a big thing that people do, they did, you know, they were doing research, interviewing and asking people who were very on top of things, Olympians, people performing at the top of their level anywhere. And it was always common that they didn't really do to-do lists as much as they did scheduling and calendars. And I think that's part of just like, that's something that subconsciously even worked for me was I set not even like um calendar per se what I did in the past, but like I set like deadlines for myself. Cause so I noticed that always worked good for me with schools. Like I got to hit this deadline. Um, usually it left me towards the last day completing that deadline, but I would still get it done by the deadline. And um, scheduling things out for me, especially now, like I've been using uh, a Google calendar and I've literally got everything on my calendar of what I'm doing, when I'm doing it. I got my stream times there. I got like when I'm having meetings, when I'm going to have a call, I know when I'm doing everything. So, and I, and I stay on top of it. That's like, that's one of the biggest things. But even before what I was doing, like I set a schedule every Monday, I am doing top plays. That's what I did literally like two and a half years ago or something like that. I think that was, I think maybe even three years ago, four years ago now. I don't know. But I was like, every Monday is my top plays day. And then I knew every Sunday I dedicated to completing that. And that helped me a lot. Same thing with I, when I started streaming. I said, okay, I'm going to stream 1 o'clock Pacific. I didn't set an end time for it per se because I wasn't the best with that. And I didn't know when I wanted to end it. But at least the start time or one time. <laughs> like I don't have a specific end time for my streams, but I can at least set a specific start time, uh, more or less. And I'm pretty close on, but I, I try my best to stay on top of it. And that's that's helped me a lot, Justina. Um, but it's something that I'm always, I think everybody's always fighting for, right? I think that's the most important thing in all of our lives is the time. It's the only thing that we... It's our it's our finite resource that we've got. Um, so yeah, that's what I try best to do. Or like multitasking, like listening. I, I like to. I don't really listen to music very much 
anymore. I typically will just listen to podcasts or streams or something if I'm ever at the gym or go for a walk or whatever. Like I'm trying to um, do things more along those lines. Chris D asked, uh, which improvements do you wish would come to Apex? I think my biggest... So I actually made a video on this. If you want to go listen to the full video, it's literally like all my best th best thoughts on it. I think the biggest thing that I want is um, custom games. This is just for the sake of what I want to watch as well as what I want to do. I want to watch competitions. They just did a, another Code Red tournament, for example, yesterday, I think it was, um, which is a tournament that Dr. Disrespect holds. It's all these players competing against each other in apex legends but it's purely pub stomping so you go into a game you and another team go into a game who can get the most kills within like three games or whatever it is I i'm not sure i watched the first one and then i kind of fell off with it i just wasn't super interested because it's kind of just going through public games anyways which i do anyways i want to see like actual competitions if anything for it um uh, but there's a ton. There's a ton of things. That's just the tip of the iceberg on that, Chris. Uh, of that, I want changed. I think the season pass was terrible this um, this first season. Not terrible. Like they they had a decent implementation of it, but it can just be so much more. So that's what I'm hoping that they implement for the second one. I think uh, I'm hoping we see some big improvements. That one's I think about a month out, maybe a little less than a month before the next one comes. That's where I want to. That's where I want to see big improvements. What specifically? I don't know. New map for sure. New characters for sure. New guns for sure. But uh, I hope I. I think if they introduce some new modes, that would be much better. Much better. Even if they can't do custom games per se, I think that's a catch-all fix for a lot of things. Custom games, but um, limited time modes. I would even. I'm good, dude. Give me give me some of those. Give me something fun. Something else that we can do that would be fun and, and it would be great. It'd be great. Jordan A asks, uh, which devs are you most anticipated uh, or anticipating the most from or most excited for seeing stuff from E3? This one's interesting. E3 is actually coming up very soon. And as of now, I have no plans of going to it. No plans of going to EA Play either. I saw some people talking about it. I actually have been for the last few years. But uh, no plans of going this time. I think the the developers that I'm keeping an eye on the most for this, my prediction, my guess, is probably going to be Ubisoft. Um, they have a couple games that they've already even announced. There's Breakpoint, Ghost Recon, Breakpoint, I think it's called, which we talked a little bit about, I think, in the last episode as well. Um, that one doesn't really... I mean, it looks cool, but... The reason I say Ubisoft is they're the only big developer that is not in the Battle Royale space yet, which is one of... Is it the biggest now? I think It's, it's got to be the biggest. Uh, I mean, outside of mobile gaming, I guess. Well, but even mobile gaming, PUBG Mobile has 100 million concurrent players on their game. It's the biggest... The biggest uh, one of the biggest, at least app games yeah but anyways like activision blizzard they've got call of duty they've got their little take plus call of duty even said activision blizzard these guys said they're not coming out with the call of duty this year 
that was the latest article that I had read, at least. They're not going to be dropping uh, a new Call of Duty, which they've done literally every year. And if I'm not mistaken, I think it's Treyarch that's going to be creating again the next Call of Duty game. Because they've always been on a rotation of Treyarch, Infinity Ward, Sledgehammer Games. Every year they would rotate who creates the Call of Duty for the year, and they always have a new one coming. A lot of PUBG Mobile players in chat. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Um, but Ubisoft is not in the game on Battle Royales yet. You know, obviously, uh, EA is with... They're in the game in two places. They've got Battlefield Five, which has their Battle Royale mode. Um, plus, of course, Apex Legends, which is like the beefiest of all beefy beef boys. So that's where I see uh, see the most interest for me for me personally. That's what I'm keeping an eye on. I think we're going to get some big announcements though. I the biggest thing that I think we've been teased with are WoW Classic and um, Borderlands Three at this point of what's coming that we expect. There's a lot of other games that are farther out. Like there's the future game. It's a year, isn't it? It's like a number. Cyberpunk. No, I think it's Cyberpunk, Cyber something, futuristic game. That one does look cool. That one's got me intrigued. But, like, you know, we've had some announcements for games. But if they're not going to be doing a Call of Duty this year, like, what else is going to be there? EA, they, I saw a post from them about their uh, EA Play. They're going to be talking about Apex Legends. That's going to be getting some more content. Probably they're just going to be talking about Season 2 since that's about a month out. They'll probably tease it. It'll be out in a few weeks after that. Battlefield 5, they're going to be talking about as well. They've said they will be. Battlefield 5 is, you know, they've released, I think, one one or two new maps for it. Um, the amount of content that they put out is, yeah, Cyberpunk 2077. Thank you. But the amount of content they put out for Battlefield 5 is, like, almost nothing compared to Battlefield 4, for example, which already had 12, probably 15 new maps out by this point of the life cycle, um, tons of stuff. So, and it doesn't see, I admit, I think a big part of that probably is because they didn't do premium, right? Battlefield four had a premium you'd pay for it. And even though not everybody got it, now they had a bunch of people to spend resources on. And I think we've seen them, um, wanting to get into, you know, a free cycle for it, but it doesn't seem to really be sticking in terms of them, producing the content uh, i know they've done some different modes with the existing maps and whatnot i really haven't been following it all that much so i'm probably not the best person to speak about it but uh i'll keep an eye out for that one let's just say on uh ea plays front also star wars they said they're going to be dropping some more content from that i actually did go back and play battlefront 2 lately and it's pretty cool it, it was fun uh, the biggest problem, though, is nobody was playing it. So I tried to get some games from it, and we couldn't get into any games. So it's a bit disappointing. And if they drop more content on it, that no, at least on PC. I, people probably are playing it on console. I think it probably did better there. But, um, you know, it's just unfortunate. But it's just not, uh, wasn't anybody really playing it. Halo, dude. Yes, that's the other thing as well. 
Halo is going to be coming to PC. I, is that going to happen this year? Let me see. Halo, PC. Now this is going to take me to the old one, isn't it? Halo Master Chief Collection release date is 2019. But they're going to go through like all the old ones, if I'm not mistaken. Let me see. There's an article here on PC Gamer about it that I'm looking at. Uh, Master Chief Collection will be released to PC only previously. The only previous games in the FPS series to launch on PC were Halo and Halo 2. Halo 2 was on PC as well? Really? Okay. Well, that's going to be coming to PC, and that's got me intrigued. Indeed. Word of the day. But I think... Halo game will be released in chronological order on PC according to the series lore. The order is as follows. Reach, Combat Evolved, which is the first one, 2, 3, ODST, and then 4. So, Halo Reach will be the first one. I don't know if there's a specific date for it yet. Battlefront 2 is such a great game. It's a shame... So many people left it. Yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful game. That's for sure. And I mean, if you're into if you're into Star Wars, it is uh pretty damn impressive. They had a ton of issues on launch though. They had a ton of issues. Reach will be the first title out of the gate. And while I'm not at liberty to give you hard details yet, I think it's safe to say that flighting, there's an L. I assume they mean fighting. Flight, I don't know. We'll be kicking off sooner rather than later, probably than expect. So yeah, we don't have, oh, but they do say, Jared recently said they won't be ready for tests until after E3 2019. So most likely we won't get any news on this from E3 either, but potentially after. We'll talk, we're talking mid-June at the earliest, is what they said. And typically things run behind, let's be real. Most things run behind, so uh, we'll, probably, we'll probably see something later. Maybe June, July, talking about some of this stuff. Halo's a game that, man, sunk, I sunk a lot of hours into that, too. I was the one who was going through doing all the glitches in Halo. <laughs> uh, there was a secret scarab gun that you can get. There was a bunch of... There was a bunch... And that was like... That was a glitch that they actually... I don't even know if it was intended in the game or what. I, I never actually found out, but it was a legit Easter egg in the game that you could like glitch the game, get a Banshee or a flying vehicle where you couldn't... Where you weren't supposed to get it, and then flew it up to the top of this map, and you could pick up this gun that was literally like it was insane. It was this, it was the craziest gun ever. Anyways, that one's got me intrigued a little bit, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, and then there was a bunch of questions about my birthday. That was this week. Had a fantastic birthday. Appreciated the chat, everybody hanging out. All the warm wishes for it. Spent some time with, uh, I was gone over the weekend. Uh, we went out to the coast up in uh, the Pacific Northwest. That's where I live. So we went out to the coast. 
spent the day there with the wife, had a fantastic time, got some food, went to dinner the other night on my actual birthday, and it was great. Appreciate all the warm wishes and everything for it. You guys have been uh, incredible with all the content and everything. Ton of fun on the streams. And yeah, Last of Us. I think they're coming out with a new one of those too, aren't they? Will I be playing it? I I never played the original one, so <laughs> I know. I'm one of those guys. Thing is, I haven't been playing on PlayStation. I literally, I played Xbox. I played Xbox 360. I played Xbox One. And then I made the jump to PC. It wasn't until after I was playing on PC that I then got a PlayStation to go back to play Call of Duty because Call of Duty came out early on that. I hate when games do this, but we ended up doing it anyways. And then I just never got... I, I played it a little bit, but I never really got into it. I never fully committed on it. And then I just kind of was called it a loss. It didn't really do very well for my channel and my content. Moved on from Call of Duty and went back to whatever else I was doing. I don't even remember at the time. Yeah, Reach was a good one. I'm excited to see Reach. It was pretty good. I spent the most time in Halo 1, Halo 2. I did play ODST, but... I remember I was kind of underwhelmed by it. Halo 3 I really enjoyed as well, although I put most I put the most time into Halo 2, I believe, especially for online, especially for the ranked play. That was a lot of fun. They were one of the only games that really had an intense one. But I was in like I think I was in like 7th grade or something at the time, and literally we even did a competition in my uh one of my teachers brought an Xbox to school and held a lunchtime tournament that we, we got to play, and me and my friends played the game like crazy. So we just absolutely stomped everybody, and we won it, and we won. It got in and out for us for the prize. It was amazing. For It was like it was over like multiple weeks we would go in on. on uh, it was so fun, dude. It was so much fun. It was so good. It was so good. Um, Just scrolling back to the chat a little bit here, see if there's any other questions or anything I missed. So, do you like For Honor? I do, Zachary. I've actually been considering going back and playing that as well, especially since we played some Mordha recently. And actually, some of my old videos on that have been uh, doing pretty well. People have been commenting on it, though, as if they were recent videos. And I'm like, are you guys not looking at the date of when this was? This was public. This was like the day that the game came out, this video came out. You got to understand this. This is a video from the point of nostalgia at this point, but. I think there's just not that many top plays on it, which is what a lot of people have been going back to. If we got enough clips, I would love to do some more top plays on it. I think it's so much fun to watch. But um, that's all a matter of getting enough clips submitted. Speaking of which, if you guys do ever have any clips or you see any incredible clips across the internet, tell them to send it in to me or send it in yourself, like really top-tier clips. Send it in to me. StoneMount64.com. I have a submission form there for clips, and that's how we feature people on my Facebook, on my YouTube channel, and all that stuff. Um, that just started as a way to help kind of get more people's names out there. And uh, I always, always am trying to find some great content to feature, great people. Um, What else? Uh, You could just start doing PvP on WoW. Yeah, WoW PvP... I always liked. That's why I think too with WoW Classic. I didn't talk about this at all. I, I gotta, I gotta talk more with Acolyte because he's who I'm gonna be playing. I know with. I also want to talk. There's a couple other guys that I've seen posting about it. 
that I want to hit up and see if we can get some teams going for. So we got some more people on the friends list once it does drop. Um, uh, some other creators that I know, but I don't know if we're going to... I think we'll play on PvP server. I, Acolyte seems pretty gung-ho on it, so I think we'll probably do that. Splitgate. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people talking about that. I don't know. How's that doing? I've seen a lot of people in chat asking me about it. I like to see how well it's received by other people before I try it sometimes. I don't know if people are... Uh, let me see. I think it just came out today. That's why people are asking about it in chat right now. But it's basically... That game is kind of like Halo, but it's mixed with um, Portal as well, which is another game that I love. We actually did a playthrough of Portal with Acolyte a while back. That was a lot of fun. You should check that out if you haven't. Uh, yeah, there's a couple people playing it. Chaco's playing it. It's a super fast-paced game, which is what I think would be fun. I think I would enjoy it. And I think it's free. Hell, maybe maybe we'll try it today. Maybe we'll try it. But there hasn't been like crazy, crazy demand, so I haven't necessarily gone into it yet. Wow, Classic's going to be subscription-based. You know, I actually don't know how... I think it's if you have a subscription to WoW, you'll get a subscription to that too. Uh-uh. <clears throat> Mm -mm. Scarab Gun is what it was called. Yeah, the Scarab Gun was that giant thing. Did you ever complete Ocarina of Time? I personally did not. I watched a lot of gameplay on it. Uh, I say it like that, like that was a thing back then, but I watched my friend play it. <laughs> what is my terminology? Yeah, I was at my buddy's and I would watch him play it. It was the same thing. It was the same thing with a lot of the Zelda games. I never really got any of them. A few of them, I can't remember. I played the one that I played personally the most was Wind Waker. That one was really cool. I liked the art design on that one too. That was cool. I think that's partly why I like Sea of Thieves so much too, which is like it's kind of niche. There's only a small portion of my audience that really likes it, but that one, uh, that game, I really enjoy too. But yeah, guys, I hugely appreciate y'all hanging out. Like having some of the live questions as well. Hugely appreciate all the pre-stated questions too, which if you do have any, and I'm ready for next week's post, but watch some of the older episodes of the podcast. All the episodes are up, so you can go back, watch them. If you're on Facebook, if you're a supporter, you have them all on Facebook. If you're on uh, iTunes, Spotify, any of those places, you can listen back on them help gauge the direction of the questions as well because we had a lot of repeat questions. And I'd love to get into some more of the topics like we talked about today. This is freaking awesome. It was beautiful. A lot of good discussions. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you do enjoy the podcast and want to show it some love, some ratings on those other platforms, do it big. And I'll see you in the next Fireside. Stone Mountain 64, over and out.